It's good to see you guys this morning. Brian, can I borrow your podium? So um, I want to read to you guys from Acts chapter 2. And when you hear Acts 2, what happens? You just, you just get happy, right? Acts chapter 2. So, Holy Spirit. You know, um, when, you, when you look at the title of the book of Acts, you will notice that it says the Acts of the Apostles. But guys, I really believe that this book could be more accurately called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because it really is. If you don't know Holy Spirit, if you felt like, man, I know about the Father, I know about Jesus, but Holy Spirit, what does that mean? What's that about? Read the book of Acts. I would challenge you, read a chapter a day for the next 30 days, and your relationship with the Holy Spirit will benefit. I can promise you that. So I want to read to you guys from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and then I'm going to jump over and read verses 42 through 47. If you're there, just say, I'm there. I'm there. If you need me to wait on you, just say, wait on me a little bit. All right, we all got iPhones. We, you know, we don't have to play uh, sword drills. Oh, yeah. Anybody do that as a kid? You did sword drills? Man, I got so studious because they used to give snacks as prizes. Yeah, oh, it's the best. So if you're there, Acts chapter 2. Um, you'll notice here in the book of Acts, it says, the Acts of the Apostles. And uh, I really believe that we could rephrase that to say the acts of the Holy Spirit. Because how many of you guys know that throughout the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit is talked about from chapter 1 to chapter 28. It's all about the Holy Spirit. And what we find in Acts chapter 2 is a moment, everybody say a moment, when the Holy Spirit shows up. Verse 1 says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. Everybody say a sound. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. You know, I think about this, and it says that they were sitting, which tells me they had been patiently waiting with expectation for quite some time. I think that's an important uh, thing to note. Verse 3, it says, And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. Now, this was something that they saw. Everybody say, saw. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. How many of you guys would like to be in that church service? It was definitely pretty wild, right? A sound like, like that. A rushing mighty wind, right? They saw fire. People were baptized with the Holy Spirit. They had, not, they had never seen anything like this before. Now let's jump over to uh, verse 42 and read to uh, verse 47, all right? Um, in my Bible, it says the fellowship of believers here. So this is an outline of really what's happening in the early church just after the moment that the Holy Spirit fell. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. Everybody said all. All. Wouldn't that be great? 
to have favor with all the people. All the favor, all the time with all the people. Somebody said amen to that, right? And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We know that your word is everlasting and eternal. Every single time we read it, we know that it transforms us. So today, God, we just invite you. We invite your spirit of transformation to rest upon our lives, to mold us, to make us more into your image in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. So I've read the scripture and I really wanna preach to you guys from the subject of the moment of momentum. Who in here would like a lot of momentum on your life? I'll wait for you, right? Who in here would like a tremendous force of momentum in your life? Amen, right? So in order for us to be active in momentum, we first have to have a moment that produces momentum. You can even see in the sermon title that the root word of momentum is moment. And so I wanna suggest to you guys that all momentum, all the momentum that you carry, all the momentum that you've ever stewarded, all the momentum that you've ever experienced before, all started with a single moment. You made a single choice, you made a single decision, you, were, you responded to a single invitation, you stepped into your moment, you stepped into your divine time, you stepped into your divine moment, and what happened was it led to a time of divine momentum in your life. Anybody ever experienced that before? If you're in here and, and, and you'd say, man, Lau, I know what you're talking about, man. I have experienced seasons of my life before of momentum. Just say that's me, right? Yeah, I, 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 I know, I've, I've experienced seasons of my life of divine momentum myself. And, um, you know, momentum is, is an interesting thing because, you know, we talk about momentum in many different ways, but I really believe that Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, is a scriptural picture of what momentum looks like in the church. Now, could you guys imagine with me for a moment what your life would be like if you were a part of a church that was living in that kind of a momentum? First and foremost, all of the leadership was healthy. Amen, that's awesome, right? And they were leading well, and they were stewarding the people well, and they were teaching well, and it, and it, was, all, it was all healthy, right? And then it says that, that people were, were hanging out together, and they were spending time together, and they were forming real, vulnerable, authentic relationships. Awesome. How many of you guys know that would be awesome? Yeah. You know, for us to be living in a place of momentum where our friendships were real. Yeah. 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 You don't want me to get into that, huh? I'm not talking about those fake Nashville relationships, right? Or those, or, or those relationships that we manufacture because we know that person has a lot of followers on Instagram. Well, right? I'm talking about real authentic relationships. Can you imagine what momentum would look like in your life if every one of your relationships was real, was vulnerable, was transparent, was courageous, was authentic? That's what they were experiencing. That was the momentum. Somebody say momentum, that they were experiencing. It also tells us that every single person was in awe of what God was doing in their life. How awesome would it be if you were in awe of what God was currently doing in your life? 
Now, I know we've become used to coming to church and hearing the Bible and, you know, testimonies have become routine, but what if you lived in a place of momentum constantly where you were in awe and wonder of everything that God did in your life every day? Take me there, right? That sounds awesome to me, right? It also says that all people, everybody, that they were enjoying favor with all the people. That's pretty cool, right? I don't know about you guys, but I'd say for myself, I would love to live in a place of momentum where I had favor all the time with all people. Anybody else in here? Amen. So it said those things were happening. Also, miracles, supernatural occurrences were happening amongst this group of people. You know, what if your life was like that? Can you imagine that? You're in awe, you're in wonder. It also says that these, these people, they were actually putting poverty out of business in their city. Are you serious right now? Are you talking about a life of momentum where we literally bankrupt poverty in the city of Nashville? Where nobody is even allowed to be hungry. Nobody is allowed to live in lack on our watch because of the momentum that we're stewarding. That's what was happening in the book of Acts. The book of Acts chapter two, it gives us a divine picture of what happens when people of God have a moment with him that then leads to divine momentum with him. See, you cannot have momentum without having your moment. And when you have your moment, as you step out and you continue to walk with God, you start to step into divine momentum. If you want divine momentum in your life, can I just hear you say amen? Amen. amen. We want momentum in our life. And I, to be honest with you guys, I think that the early church had momentum. And to be honest once more, I just don't know if we have that same momentum. Right? When you look at the early church, when you look at Acts chapter 2, why were they able to do that? Momentum. Why don't we see that? You know, we all see Acts chapter 2. We say, well, I want that. I want to live in that. I want to go to a church like that. I want my life to be like that. But we don't experience that, do we? We don't, we don't experience all the favor all the time with all the people, right? What's missing? What did they have that we don't have? I'm gonna suggest to you guys that what they had then that we do not have now is momentum. You wanna know why I think that? You guys supposed to say why. why? Yeah, it is because we are often relegating to a season what God intends for a life. We look at momentum and we say, you know what? Momentum is great, but it can really only be seasonal. Wow. When what God wants to do in our lives is release momentum so that it's not just a window of time, but that it becomes our current tense lifestyle, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that your moment is not supposed to stop at a moment. Your moment, the moment you had with God years ago when you got saved, it wasn't supposed to stop there. The book of Acts is not the church's high watermark. It's our starting block. And so what happened in the book of Acts chapter two is exactly what happened to you when you were set free, when you were delivered, when you were saved. And how oftentimes have we looked on that season of our life and we say to ourselves, man, what a momentous season. Wow how we were living in that momentum. Man, you should have saw me then. I was on fire for Jesus. Man, I was really walking in the momentum. You should have saw me, guys. I was, I was radical. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Right? But hey, let me tell you this. God never meant for that to be a moment. He meant for you to have the moment, but his purpose was to release you into momentum. 
to live your life like that. Now, I'm talking about momentum, and a lot of people don't know what momentum is. They say, oh, well, what? I get it. I understand the theory of it. I, I know what you mean by it, but, but Lyle, what is momentum really? I, I started to Google that like a really good pastor, you know, like a teacher. You know, I really wanted to learn something, so I Googled it, right? We don't, we don't have all those books anymore. Just Google it, and then you look through the blogs and read Wikipedia. And I read Wikipedia, and I realized that this is actually something that you learn about in physics class. I never took physics class, so I was confused as to how to, how many of you guys took physics class in here? Okay, it's quite a few of you, you guys are smart. You guys are a smart bunch. You got to lay hands on me afterwards, right? I was a steady, excellent C student, right? That was me in high school. So I never took physics class, so I started to realize, man, momentum's kind of hard to explain. And then I thought, you know, how can I explain momentum in a way that, that, that I understand momentum, all right? So I thought to myself, maybe we could illustrate it with the snowball effect, you know, because the snowball effect, guys, that's what momentum is. You know, when the snowball starts rolling down the hill, right, the more it moves, the more powerful it becomes. That's momentum. The more you move in the spirit, the more powerful you become in the spirit. But it also means this, that if you're not moving, then you ain't walking in momentum. Right? So I thought, you know, I'll illustrate it with the snowball. But then once I thought about it a little bit more, I'm like, I know a way I want to illustrate momentum from a good old, you know, Lyle B. Phillips version of the word. And here's what I've got for you guys. So momentum is the sound of a tool chest falling down the stairs. Did anybody else see Home Alone 2? Okay. That right there is momentum. <laughs> All right, so, so, so Marvin Harry, they taught us about momentum. Th this is what it's like to be on the wrong end of momentum, right? Because really what momentum is, guys, is momentum is the power that is the result of movement. And so when we are moving in the spirit, when we are moving in our moment, then there is a power that is generated. Amen. When we are walking with God, when we are talking with God, when we are moving with God, when we're in the word of God, when we're coming to church, when we're moving in the things of the spirit, what happens? There is a power. Everybody say power. power. That is generated. And what that power is, that is the result of momentum. That's what momentum is. Momentum is power. And God does not intend for you just to have encounters of power. God intends for you to live a life of power and momentum. So instead of just, ah, it's a season, that's a season of time, that was great back then, God's saying, no, no, this is for you to live in, for you to walk in, amen? amen? That's what momentum is. And I think the reason why we don't experience it, although we want it, although we know that it's out there, is because we're just simply limiting moves of God to a season when God wants to release a move that lasts a lifetime. The book of Acts, that book, that, that, that entire book, what you read is, is not about our high watermark. It really is about our starting block. And God wants you to live a life of favor with all people. God wants you to live a life where you are constantly in awe of what he's doing in your life. God wants you to live a life where you look at your, your finances and you're like, this has got to be supernatural. I, I can't explain this away. There's no way that I worked enough to produce this. There's just something that's resting on my life. And the only way I know how to explain it is, but God. 
That's what the early church was experiencing. Like people couldn't be sick around you in the early church. People couldn't be poor around you in the early church. And that is the life that God designed for you. And the reason he's given us the picture of Acts chapter two is because he set it up as a prophetic word to tell you what your lifestyle's supposed to look like. He said, hey, read Acts chapter two, verse 42 through 47. This is the church that I'm planting and this is what your lifestyle is supposed to look like. This is momentum. But before you carry that momentum, you've got to have a moment. Anybody in here ever had a moment with God? You ever, have, you ever had a moment in your life where you know without a shadow of a doubt that God was with you? It doesn't have to be in the church. It could have been at school. It could have been in college. It could have been on the job. It could have been in your car. It could have been while you were, you know, doing something fun, out hiking somewhere, right? Where you had a moment with God and it led to a season of your life where you're like, wow, that was real momentum. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I, I've, I've had a couple moments like that in my life. And uh, when I was younger, I, I'm, I'm 32 now. I'd say it was probably like eight, eight, seven, eight years ago. I had some divine moments in my life which led to some divine momentum. And I can't really, you know, I can't really specify the day that it happened. All I can tell you is, guys, is that I just became so hungry uh, for a moment that I would go up to my dad's church on a Friday evening and I would just sit there by myself with worship music playing over the loudspeakers until I had moments with Jesus. You know, nobody my age hanging out. They were out doing their thing. I just, you know, a lot of people talking about hustling. People talk about grinding. Dude, I grind in the spirit. I hustle in the Holy Ghost. And somebody needs to tweet that. But, but I'm dead serious because, because I, want, I want to have moments that produce divine momentum in, in my world and in the world of all of my friends. You know, I want to step out of a moment dripping with so much momentum that everybody that I hang around, they get caught up in it. They just get sucked into the wave and all of a sudden supernatural things start to pop off in their life as a result of one person's moment. That's what your moment was supposed to be about whenever you met God for the first time. It wasn't supposed to stop with you. It was supposed to produce momentum for your family and for your city. You notice it started there with an upper room, but it eventually bled out into a city. We can't stop and be satisfied with the moment with God on Sunday morning. We can't, we can't level God off like that. We have to take this moment that we have here on Sundays and release it into the city so that Nashville can experience divine momentum. That is the plan of God. Am I helping anybody in here this morning? So I, you know, I had this moment, right, where I, I, would, I, would, I would go up to the church and I would be there and I would pray and, and I would fast and, and you know, I'd just go after God, I would pursue God. And I gotta be honest with you guys, I started getting weird. You, you, you ever met a weird Jesus person before? Yeah, nope, nobody else here, okay. So I was that weirdo that would approach you, you know, you're, you're just trying to order your food at Chick-fil-A, you're minding your own business and then you got this, you know, tapping you, hey, do you know Jesus? That was me, all right? I used to go and I used to, I used to go to rest stops on the side of the highway and I would stand next to the water fountain and I would wait for somebody to come up to take a drink and then I would say, hey, um, excuse me, um, if you drink of that water again, you'll get thirsty. You're gonna get thirsty again. But, but I got a water to tell you about that it's eternal and if you have a drink of it, you'll never get thirsty again. 
That's what I used to do. I used to go to Walmart, guys. I used to go to Walmart and I would look for people with physical disabilities so that I could pray for them. During this season of my life, I got spit on, I got cussed out, I got made fun of, but I never cared what people thought because I was walking in momentum. I could care less what anybody thought of me. Even if they thought that I was foolish, I would rejoice in it. And I would just quote that scripture that Paul said, man, I'm a fool for Christ's sake. If I'm out of my mind, it's for God. If I'm in my right mind, it's for you. That's what Paul said. And so I just thought, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work my, my moment. You know, I'm gonna live in my moment. And I'm gonna walk in this momentum that God has for me. At the time, I was a youth pastor. And I started sharing some of this stuff with my youth. And man, it was crazy what happened. We were a small youth group at the time. I wasn't a good youth pastor. And, uh, you know, I, I, would, I, would, I would preach really hard at these kids every single Wednesday. And something crazy started happening after I had my moment. The youth group started to grow. And eventually, the youth group tripled. And kids in the youth group were receiving their moments with the Holy Spirit that were transforming their lives. We started having spontaneous baptisms at the end of certain messages. And one evening, 20 young people came up, gave their lives to God, and got spontaneously baptized in the middle of a cornfield. These kids were getting so lit up for Jesus, you guys, that the school began calling the church thinking that those kids were on drugs because they were so passionate about preaching the gospel and praying for the sick. Like kids couldn't even go to the bathroom safely because they'd walk in and say, hey, I'm gonna pray for you right now. Do you need Jesus in your life? There were kids who would come in and they would leave their drugs I'm not lying to you guys. They would leave their drugs on the stage, on the stage, on the steps. They would come up. Kids that I knew in the community that were drug dealers that would come to my youth group and they would say, hey, look, I'm a drug addict and I know that you know that, but I've heard that something's happening here that's better than drugs. And so I'm wondering if you would pray for me and they lift their hands up. And I'm wondering if you would pray for me because I'm trying to have my moment. I'm telling you guys, we would, we would lay hands on them. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but I would lay hands on some of these young people. And it was almost as if everything that was on the inside of me spiritually, they would just oh, take it. Have you guys ever laid hands on somebody and felt that before? It's like Jesus said, when the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment and virtue. It's like when people are so hungry for God and the only place that they know to turn is you, they'll lay hold of you and say, man, give me my moment. Some of you guys are in that place this morning. Some of you guys are in that place this morning. You came to church this morning and you're like, man, if I don't get a moment, if I don't get my moment, I've been looking for my moment for a number of years. This might be my last stop. I need my moment, Lyle. Today's your day. You get to have your moment because Jesus is in the building. These kids, man, they went crazy. They were going crazy, preaching and praying for everybody. Eventually I got into trouble. And then, uh, you know, we had, a, we had a Sunday school teacher that was in our, uh, in, a, in, our, in our church. He was the adult Sunday school teacher. What's crazy was this guy, man, he, he, he was very influential in the church. He was the adult Sunday school teacher, and he was the biggest financial giver of the entire church, my dad's church, you know. He's the biggest financial giver. His wife was the worship pastor. His kids were a part of the youth group, but they also played on the worship team. And when all these things started happening, he pulled his kids out of the youth group and he said, I don't trust that what's happening is God. I think that what Lyle's teaching is demonic. 
You guys know that anytime you're moving, you're always going to offend the stationary. When you're walking in your momentum, other people start to get real jealous that they ain't had their moment, right? And they're thinking, man, uh, I'm not living my dream, so I can't let you live yours. And they pull you down. Don't, don't, don't succumb to that, right? Walk in your momentum. And I could care less what that guy said. I said, I don't care. It doesn't matter. He ended up leaving the church. He took his whole family, everything. But what ended up happening was is because of, you know, the guy's influence in the church and how it kind of spread through and because he was such, uh, you know, good friends with my pops, it ended up creating this small short-term rift in my family. And it made me so sad, you guys. I, I was so discouraged. I felt like that I, had, that I had messed stuff up from my dad, from my mom who were pastoring this church. I felt like a failure. I felt like that I had, you know, somehow done something wrong. And I was in, I'll never forget where I was. I was in Central City, Kentucky. I'd been invited to come over and preach a revival service in Central City, Kentucky. I remember the exact song that was playing. And I sat over here on the platform behind the stage, weeping my guts out because I, I was so, I, I was so sad that I felt like that, that, that God was saying, hey, this was just a season, you know, I guess it's just people just can't take it. I don't know if people, you know, like this. And I started to care what people thought. Can I tell you guys that the moment that momentum dried up in my life is when I started to care what other people thought. One of the keys, and if you don't take anything away from this aside from Jesus, one of the keys I wanna let you guys know, if you're gonna truly steward and walk in momentum, you gotta get rid of the fear of man. Because you'll walk in momentum to the extent that you do not care what other people think wrongly of you. And I got, I got to be honest with you guys, when, when that happened, I, I started to think, oh, you know, it was just a season. It was just a season of time. It was just a season. And guys, that's why we don't walk in true momentum every day of our lives. It's because we so often relegate to seasons what God meant for a lifetime. God never stops revival, only man does. God gives us moments, but God never means to stop with moments. He means to lead us into momentum. God never stops with moments, man does. God's gonna give you a moment today. I believe it with all of my heart. You know how I know that? Because the book of Acts, a lot of times when we read, uh, you know, Acts chapter two, verse one through four, we look at that and we say, man, man, how great would it have been uh, to be in the upper room? You know, what an awesome experience that would have been to, to, to enjoy, you know, them, them hearing that sound and then them seeing that fire and then them receiving the baptism. I mean, how awesome is that? Wow, there's no way we could ever predict when that's gonna happen again. We, we have no way of knowing when a moment like that will happen for us. But guys, that's not actually true. Because what happened in the upper room was not a moment of spontaneity by the Spirit. That was a moment of obedience by Jesus' disciples. Jesus had told them in Acts chapter one, he said, if you go to Jerusalem and you wait, you're gonna have a moment. It wasn't spontaneity of the Spirit that brought about Acts chapter two, verse one through four. It was obedience from his disciples that brought about that moment. You can manufacture your moment. You don't have to sit on your hands and wait for some you know, moment to fall out of the sky with God. You can actually manufacture your own moment with God, and here's how you do it. You don't have to go and sit in an upper room and fast. You just gotta be obedient. You gotta listen to whatever Jesus is saying to you today and obey it. You gotta receive it into your heart and you gotta say, yes, 
this. I'm going to obey this. I am, I am not going to doubt in the darkness what God spoke to me about in the light. I'm going to get my moment. I don't care what it takes, but I'm hungry for it. I need it. I want it. And I'm going to have it now. And until it happens, I'll sit right here and be tenacious. That's what they did in the upper room. It wasn't happenstance. It wasn't luck. It wasn't spontaneity. It was obedience. And that's what I want you to know, church. You can manufacture your moment because God wants you to live in momentum. And we're talking about today the, mom the moment of momentum. This is how momentum starts. You have to have a moment with God. So as you're standing, I just want to invite you into your moment. We're going to close our eyes, bow our heads. It doesn't have to look like anything. You know, if we hear a sound of a rushing mighty wind, that would be cool. You know, that'd make for a good Instagram story. But it, it, that doesn't have to happen, guys. You're going to have your moment with God as you respond to his voice in obedience. So, so here's what I want to do. I want to pray a prayer of release, not just into a season of momentum for you, but in, into a life of momentum. Guys, God does not want to give you another season of momentum. That would have been a good message had I preached it. But it's not about a season. It's about a life of momentum. It's about a life of the supernatural and about awe and about wonder and what God is doing in your life. It's, about, it's, a, it's a life of multiplication and favor with all people. And that's the life that God designed you to live. So as, as you bow your head, close your eyes. I first just want to address those in the room who feel far from God. If, if you feel far from God this morning, your moment is here. Your moment, your welcome home moment where Jesus takes your hand and he leads you into the kingdom of God is now. And if you know that I'm speaking to you and you feel that exact same way, I just want you to lift your hands super quick because we're gonna pray with you right now. Amen, I see you. Amen, I see you. Awesome, we're gonna, I, I see you. Amen, I see you, I see you. We're gonna pray right now and you are gonna step into a moment with Jesus. This is not emotional. This is, this is not just Sunday service. This is a supernatural moment with your creator. And I, I, saw, I saw the hands, quite a few hands gone up this morning. And so as a family, what we're gonna do, guys, here's what we're gonna do all together. We're gonna pray with our brothers and our sisters who lifted their hand. Is that okay? Because this is their moment. And so we pray, Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for his blood. Thank you for his body that was broken for my sin. I'm a sinner and without you I am hopeless but because of what you did I have hope not in my righteousness but in your righteousness and so today I receive forgiveness as I repent of my sin and I say fill me with the Holy Spirit because this is my moment. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Come on, let's just welcome those who prayed that prayer. Your life is forever different. Forever different. Forever different. And now for all of us, all together as a family, unified all together. Guys, we are declaring right now
This is a moment where we step into a new life of momentum. Do you guys believe this today? There's something I learned about preaching a long time ago. This may seem a little off topic, but I want to share with you super quick. Something I learned about preaching a long time ago, which was this, is that whenever you address a room you know, with a message, then you want to make sure that, that they can catch it, that everybody can catch it. And they gave this illustration of a school bus or, or you know, a metro bus or whatever. Have you ever been rounding a corner and you saw a bus about to leave the station? And you thought to yourself, that's my bus. I better catch that. You guys know what I'm talking about? Right? And you run after it. How many of you guys ever did that before? You ran after it? So that's what good sermons are supposed to be. Right? Supposed to lead you on, bring you out. Come on, catch the bus, right? But then there's these other messages. You ever rounded the corner and and, and the bus that you had to catch was already rounding the other corner? And you said, nah, catch the next one. Anybody ever did that before? Right? So in my spirit, I was feeling, I was like, man, was, was this message, that bus that was round in the other corner, ah, and if that's you today and there is any, any shred of doubt in your mind that your bus, your moment has left the station and you're not gonna get another moment because you've already ruined yours, you're a Christian, you're a believer and you're like, ah, it's just too far away. I, I, can't, I can't have that. I, yeah, it's great for those guys, but I'll never experience. I wanna pray for you right now. Because that's, that's not where, you at, okay, where you're at, okay? God has ordained you a seat on that bus right there in the front, okay? You got VIP 365 access to your seat. It's got your name on the back. Nobody else can sit in it. It's for you. And it is your momentum, and it is your lifestyle, and it is what you're called to do. And you know how I know that? Because Jesus died on the cross to pay so that that could happen. And he wouldn't give a sacrifice so big if the life that he called you to live wasn't so big. He didn't, he didn't pay for, for you just to live some mediocre halfway up the mountain life. He died on the cross. He gave it all so that you could live it all. People have told you, ah, you need to stay in your lane. What lane? Jesus is my lane, okay? Whatever Jesus says I can do, I can accomplish. I don't have to be nailed down, you know, by terms and language and classifications of the world. Jesus is my classification. And because I got Jesus living on the, on the inside of me, anything is possible because I've been called to an abundant life in Christ. Some of you guys are about to step out of this church into a realm of momentum that you have never experienced in your life before. And today was your moment. And even if you don't feel it in the flesh, you know on the inside there's a switch of faith that has gone off and you're like, yep, that is truth. I receive that. Go ahead and sow that seed right now into good soil because it's gonna bear a hundredfold fruit. And I'm not gonna be comfortable with poverty happening on my watch in the city of Nashville. I'm not gonna be comfortable just warming the bench with my faith, but I'm gonna be active. I'm gonna be in the game. In the name of Jesus, we release a wave of momentum over this sanctuary right now. In Jesus' name, I call people out of the pit. If your foot has been stuck in muck and mire and you have felt like you have been pushed down, pressed down, and that nobody cares about you anymore, I grab you by the hand in the spirit and I just yank you out of that pit. I'm not gently leading you out in Jesus' name. We just yank you out of that muck and that mire and we, we release you into a season of momentum like you've never experienced before, only that this season doesn't stop. You just keep sprinting. 
sprint, sprint, run, go. You see marathon runners, they hand each other a baton. You know, I just feel like for some of you guys, some of you guys have been running for a while and you're tired. You're like, man, when's that baton coming? When's my moment gonna happen? Just see the hand of Jesus Christ hand you your baton because your day is today. This is your divine moment. Yeah, this is your divine moment. Some of you guys have been sitting in the upper room and you've heard for a long time. You've heard the sound of other people's promises. You've heard the sound of prophecies. You've heard the sound of podcasts and sermons and you're tired of hearing. You're ready to experience. Some of you guys have even seen in the same way they saw the fire. Some of you guys have seen stuff in church that have been awesome and and wonderful and amazing, but it hasn't happened to you. But today is your moment. Today is your moment to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that you would live in momentum. Come on, Holy Ghost. We need you. And we depend upon you. And we love you. And we want you. And so all together, we just pray right now. This is my moment. We stand on the truth of Christ. And we say, this is my moment. We stand on the word of God and we say, this is my moment. We notify hell and we give you an eviction notice on our lives. We tell you that this was your last day at our homes. This was your last opportunity to bring down my family. It ain't going to happen anymore because this is my moment. This is my moment. Just look at your neighbor and say, this was my moment. I don't know about you. I don't know if this was your moment. This was my moment. This was my moment today. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. My wife's going to come and dismiss us. But God bless you guys. She'll give you a few announcements. We're going to have ministry team up there. We're going to pray up here. We're going to pray. Anybody else feel that? Like a, like a, like a, It's got like a buzzing on the inside, like just wound up right here. Anybody else feel that? Yeah, see, you think you're hungry for God. The truth is God's hungry for you. And that's what you feel. You feel the Holy Ghost coming after you because you're in his crosshairs. And it ain't your hunger stirred up. It's not your ability to become righteous in your own strength. That's the righteousness of Christ that's apprehended you and it's wrestling you down to the ground and it's not gonna let you go until it blesses you. And that's what the Holy Spirit has for you today is your moment. It's your moment. How many of you guys had a moment today? (laughs) Some of you guys don't know you had one, but you had one. Some of you guys are going to look back six months from now. You're going to say, I remember when that happened. That was my moment, even though you don't feel anything right now. And that's how the Holy Spirit works often. It'll seem routine, but in heaven, it's huge. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Bless you guys. Ministry team, you can come to the front. If this message is stirring on the inside of you don't miss an opportunity to be obedient to the stirring the prompting of the holy spirit our ministry team is going to be up here this morning and they're going to pray with you 
And they're going to believe with you in this moment that God's releasing to you a season of remembering for a lifelong encounter with his presence. That you would remember his goodness, that you would again remember who he is to you and through you. And that we as a family would experience a lifestyle of momentum, not just moments. We love the moments. God, you're the best moment. But we want to know you, embrace you, feel you, experience you. So if that is you this morning, don't miss it. Come to the front, rush to the front, run to the front. Doesn't matter. But let our ministry team pray with you. If you as well um, met Jesus for the first time today or are coming back home to Jesus today, then let our ministry team pray with you. They want to declare with you these things over you. They want to know They want to celebrate with you. All of heaven is celebrating with you this morning. So remember, this Saturday, we have Callie Heiligenthal here. Baptisms are happening at the end of the month. So email us at hello at LegacyNashville.org. Let us know if you want to get baptized. If you raised your hand this morning and said, I want to meet Jesus, email us. We want to baptize you with us here at Legacy. We love you dinner parties are also this week. So we'll be posting online, sending out some more information about where those dinner parties are happening. Get plugged in, meet our hosts. We want to be family and do family with you guys well. So exciting stuff this week. We love you. We love you. We love you. Drop your connect cards off at the connect bar and we will see you on Saturday. All right, you guys are dismissed. We love you.